0: Thank you all for being here today. Uh, Things can get a little doldrumy in the summer and it feels like I love summer but it feels nice to come out of summer to worship here with you all today. I really appreciate you all being here. My name is Brent Fugate. I'm the senior pastor here at Byfield Parish. If you're worshiping us with the first time here today. Uh, This is also our first Sunday where the kids leave for Children's Church. That's not something we do in the summer. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking, oh, no, I'm supposed to wish multiple kids happy birthdays. This is something I try to remember to do on a weekly basis. But thankfully, thankfully, the birthdays we have this week are for kids. I guess they're teenagers, mostly. That are no longer in that children's church time frame. So I'm going to embarrass them because that is what I want to do and I feel like they should be celebrated. So I'm going to say happy birthday to Lorelai Rupp, who did not want to be mentioned. Gabe Woolley, Fall Rupp, and also Ryan Anderson all have birthdays either last week or this week. So happy birthday to all of them. And with that, let's let's dive into this sermon. I have worked for the majority of my life. The first time I recall getting paid to do a job by someone other than my parents was when I was about 10 years old. I Got on the family home computer and I printed off flyers and I distributed them around the neighborhood offering my expert lawn care services. Only one guy called me back. His name was Dennis, and he wanted me to mow his yard each week, but I wasn't supposed to mow inside of the fence. Now, the reason I wasn't supposed to mow inside of the fence was because Dennis had a dog that was a Great Pyrenees. Who knows what a Great Pyrenees is, okay? It's like a Saint Bernard, except all white. So, about like, I think like 150, 170 pound dog. So little 10 year old me, every time I went and mowed Dennis's yard, I'd be mowing alongside the fence. And somehow this dog would catch me off guard every week and this 150 pound blur of white would slam into the fence and bark at me and I would continue my mowing. Now, since that inauspicious start, I have had, pretty much always had a job. Much of my life has been defined by the work I was doing at any given time, and the same is probably true for you. Most people spend more time working than they do on any other single activity besides sleeping. The average person will spend over 90,000 hours about one-third of their lives working. To some of you, this might sound like a depressing statistic. When the band Loverboy sang Everybody's Working for the Weekend in 1981, they were summing up how the majority of people approach work. It is something people do so they can do the things they actually enjoy doing. This is not how Christians should view work. Over the coming weeks, we are going to spend some time thinking about work. This sermon series is a continuation of our Kingdom Living series we have done for the past several years in the early fall. Previously, we have focused on family, finances, and friendship. Today, we turn our attention to the topic of work. We are going to start our exploration of work in the book of Genesis. Work is not a recent phenomenon. It has been around since the beginning. Please turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, We will read verses 5 through 9 and then jump forward to verses 15 through 17 of the same chapter. If you are using the Pew Bible or your personal Bible, you can turn there now. These verses will also be projected on the screen behind me. Let's start reading in Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. Hear the word of the Lord a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then skipping down to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. From the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Work is not an inherently bad thing. It is a core part of how people have been designed by God to operate on the earth. The verses we just read describe an idyllic existence. An existence that included work. Humans were made for work. Unfortunately, so much of the way we think about work, and the way we actually do it, doesn't reflect God's good intentions for us. Our work is supposed to be a meaningful participation in God's purposes. Every person is called to work as part of what God is doing in the world. We have an opportunity to participate in the work God is doing. There are common themes to the work we should be doing, but different expressions of it. God has given each of us work to do. Through this work, we discover part of what it means to be what God has called us to be. Work is not a result of the fall. We live in a society society where avoiding work is often glorified. It is not unusual to hear people brag about how they're going to retire early or how little their job requires of them. The ideal in our society often seems to be having enough money that going to the beach every day is a viable option. Don't get me wrong, having sufficient funds that money is not an issue can be a good thing. If somebody left a check for $100 million in my mailbox, I would definitely cash it. If anybody needs my address, it's in the church directory. I also do Venmo for you younger folks, just just so you know. In all seriousness, we should not aspire to laziness. Work is not the problem. The problems around work are real, but work itself is from God. We're going to get to some of the issues around work later in the sermon and in the coming weeks. What we need to acknowledge first is that work isn't inherently bad. I get the desire to avoid work. In my own experience, some of the jobs I've had in my life have been okay, a few have been good, and one or two have been terrible. But even the good ones involved frustration. The first real job I had was at a grocery store called Kroger's that is similar to Stop and Shop. I was a bagger. And I remember a joke I used to make to my fellow baggers. I used to say to them, you know, the only reason we have a job here is because chimpanzees are too expensive and too hard to train. The work was poorly paid and boring. When I was in college, I laid industrial floors. I worked with a crew and we would travel all around the country. Lafayette, Louisiana, Phoenix, Arizona, Houston, Texas, down into Florida, Chattanooga, Tennessee, all over the place. And many of the guys on the crew were guys that were doing this job, trying to provide for their families. So they would have to leave for days and weeks at a time in an attempt to provide. We got paid well, or at least from a college student's perspective, we got paid well, but the work was backbreaking. I've had jobs that didn't require hardly anything of me that paid well. The last nursing job I had before I came to be senior pastor here at Byfield Parish Church, paid me a generous full-time salary to work about 8 to 10 hours a week. That sounds pretty ideal to a lot of people. And yeah, it it was nice to get paid well, but I knew I wasn't really making a contribution to the world. I didn't believe in the work I was doing. The best job I've ever had was at the last church I worked at. I'm just kidding. It's here. It's here. It's okay. It's here. I, I, I was like, how long should I draw out this pause? And I was not sure. That doesn't mean I don't get frustrated. I certainly do. There are days that just going to the beach, instead of coming in here to the office, sounds pretty nice. According to Scripture... According to these verses, work predates sin. Work was not born out of evil. God himself works. In Genesis, he worked to create the world. He is currently at work in its redemption. As God's image bearers, we are commanded to work. In Genesis 2.5, it says, before creation, there was no man to work the ground. So God created mankind. Then in verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. The ideal existence of humanity included work. It is not a punishment or a late addition. It was, it was and is a core part of who God created us to be. Our own less than ideal experiences with work can blind us to the fact that work itself is not the problem. Many people think about work the way a person who has been divorced five times thinks about love. They think work is bad because their experiences have been bad. As God intends it, work is an opportunity for us to participate in what God is doing in his creation. God's creation was not a finished product. From the beginning, he wanted us to participate. Genesis 1.28 says, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. From the beginning, humanity had work to do. We were supposed to subdue the earth. God, and his wisdom, decided to make us participants in the execution of his grand design. The fall was a failure of mankind to do the work that had been given by God. Instead of subduing the earth, our predecessors' sin, which introduced chaos into God's good order. Every person was made to work. Without it, we become listless. In recent years, there's been a growing phenomenon that is particularly pronounced in certain areas of the country known as deaths of despair, This term was coined by a pair of husband and wife, Princeton economists. They noticed that since the 1990s, white working class people, ages 45 to 54, were drinking themselves to death with alcohol, accidentally overdosing on opioids and other drugs, and killing themselves, often by shooting or hanging, at tremendously increased rates. Just last year, in the United States, 93,000 people died of drug overdoses. Deaths of despair are particularly high in areas of the country where the number of people working is low. Turns out that people that don't have any work to do struggle even when their basic financial needs are met through social safety net programs like disability, they exhibit an increased tendency to engage in self-destructive behaviors that result in bad outcomes. Years ago, I went through my own short period of unemployment. I can tell you that I did not enjoy it. I had been working in one hospital as a nurse, and I decided to take a travel contract expecting to make bank at another hospital, and it turned out to be a terrible situation, and so I quit without any alternative employment. For several weeks, I had no work. I had nothing to do. And I remember several times just walking to the gas station that was about a half a mile from my house just to buy a drink, just to have something. I felt aimless and unhappy. The need to set goals and accomplish tasks is ingrained in human nature. You can see this with children. If you watch kids play, you'll often notice they are pretending to work give some kids Legos, and they will spend the afternoon building. Other children will play house or pretend they are a police officer. One of the most common complaints parents hear from their children is, I'm bored. Children don't want nothing to do. They want to be stimulated and challenged. Now, unfortunately, our society has filled much of the work impulse children feel with technologies that capitalize on the impulses that push them to be creative, work towards a goal, and accomplish tasks. Kids playing Minecraft on a computer for hours is not proof they are lazy. It is proof that video game companies have done a good job capitalizing on this ingrained tendency to work that all kids have. The fact humans were made for work is a good thing. The problems with work are related to the fallen world we live in. Sin messes up every good thing. Work is no exception. The influences of sin on work are pervasive. Thinking of work as a negative necessity is just one of the problems in our work. There are those who seek their identity in work. Many people who don't know how to rest. These are all issues to be explored in greater depth in later sermons. You were not just made to have a job. You were made for meaningful kingdom building work. Doing work is not the same thing as making money doing work is not the same thing as making money. There is often overlap. Some people get a lot of satisfaction out of the work they do to pay the bills, while some don't. Getting paid to do work that feels personally meaningful is awesome, but it doesn't happen that way for everyone. It is simply not realistic that what a person does for money will always be meaningful. A lot of the, the tasks you can get paid for don't seem to have much value. Even those that do aren't necessarily things that people want to do. I guarantee you, like nobody's going out to pick crops in a field and thinking to themselves, like, it's okay, I'm doing my calling. Picking crops for eight hours a day is my passion. Nobody thinks that. Those who don't find satisfaction in the job they get paid for should find work that they don't get paid for that they do find satisfying. This might involve volunteering in some capacity. It could mean committing to some hobby that most people wouldn't even think of As work. The volunteer praise band members that stand up here each week and lead us in worship are doing work in the best possible sense of the term. They may not think about it because we have this negative association with the word work. They they may not consider it that way because they don't get paid, but in the best possible sense, It is work. For the work we do to have meaning, it must fit into a larger kingdom purpose. Meaningful work is work that extends God's grand design in the world. God's purpose is broad enough to include a lot of tasks. It aligns with God's purposes to make beautiful art, fertile lands, and efficient technology. Education, medicine, construction, retail, and almost every other arena people have jobs in can be an opportunity to build God's kingdom in some fashion. God's purpose is that human life would improve. He wants us to flourish. Spiritually, yes, but also physically. God's purpose for creation is holistic. Work isn't just what a person does for money. Neither is meaningful work limited only to what fits in the narrow scope of Christian ministry. Sometimes when you listen to Christians talk, work, it is not obvious that anything outside of the spiritual realm should be valued. That is unfortunate and wrong. God has uniquely suited every person for some type of work that grows his kingdom. Each of us has to discern where we are supposed to be at work. One pushback from this sermon from some might be to say, I'm retired. I'm retired. I don't don't work anymore. It's not a viable option. All right. It's just not. It's not a biblical option. Sure, you may not need to work to meet your financial needs. That's awesome, that's wonderful, hooray for you. If you're still breathing, God has work for you to do. Remember, work isn't just what we do to make money. For some people, what they do to make money aligns with the work God is calling them to. Some of you teachers out there believe your job is a huge component of the work God has called you to. That's amazing. That's super cool. That's just not everybody's experience. Some people's kingdom building work is using the money they make at their job to wisely invest in God's mission. If that's you, that's awesome also. There are parents of kids in here that do an incredible amount of work each day that they don't get paid a dime for. God celebrates that work. The point to remember is that we are no less called to participate in what God is doing in creation than Adam and Eve were. God has plenty of work he wants done. Look around at this world we live in. It is obvious that God is not satisfied with where things stand. The most important work God has for each of us is the work of making disciples. During his own ministry, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The work of every Christian includes a responsibility to make disciples. Humanity was made for work. It was not supposed to be a burden. It was supposed to be an opportunity. While work as we experience it now will always include frustrations, it doesn't mean that work itself is inherently bad. Most everyone has had bad jobs at one time or another, responsibilities they only do because they get a paycheck at the end of the week. The work God has called you to isn't necessarily what you do for cash, although it might be. God has given every person work to do to improve the world we live in and expand his kingdom. He has called us to do work for other people, to make disciples. If you have breath, you have been called to meaningful work. If you want a life that aligns with God's good intent, you need to know that it will include discerning how God has called you to be at work. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be involved in the work of building your kingdom. Spiritually, but, but also in other ways that you have gifted people in this room in a variety of ways. Some have the gift of teaching Spanish. Some have the gift of building construction projects of various sorts. Others are involved in design or management. Lord, there are so many different ways that you have gifted and called people in this room, and we thank you for all of those. We also recognize that there are people hearing this sermon who hate their jobs. They hate what they do every week to make the money they need to survive. I pray that for those people, that you would give them a sense of calling in their workplace. pray that you would give them a discernment and discretion as they make decisions about how to move forward with their lives. We pray for those students in here as they do the work of learning so that they can develop and move forward. That you would be with them, that you would give them a sense of how you have called them to work at this time. And we pray for the parents and the grandparents and, and everyone that is doing the hard work of raising kids, Lord. Most of all, we just, we just ask that you would be with each of us. That you would give us a sense of the work that you have called us to. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.